They say you have three names. The one you inherit from your family. The one your parents gave you. And the one you make for yourself. So create the brand of you. Find the job you've always dreamed of and make it yours by going to Irish Jobs, Ireland's online recruitment platform. Take control of your career. Visit irishjobs.ie and move up to the next level you. Irish Jobs. Make a name for yourself. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by General Motors Safe Driving, Delco and MEM. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to The Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Kenneth Fearing's study of a deadly obsession. Desperate witness. Starring Richard Kramer. Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. This week, a tale set in the frenetic, high-pressure world of big business, where the individual is a desperate single figure at the mercy of a ruthless organization. This is the story of George Stroud. He has a choice. Reveal himself and expose his fraudulence, or attempt to cover his tracks and run. For George Stroud... The choice is out of his hands and into those of the big clock, that impersonal, bloodless symbol of time. George Stroud is about to become both the hunter and the quarry. Our story, Desperate Witness, begins after this word. Hi, everybody. This is Tony Butala of The Letterman. Medical care for veterans. Who is eligible to receive it? If you're a veteran or related to a veteran, this information may help you look ahead to the day when you can use VA medical care. The VA hospital system is responsible for taking care of veterans who are injured or who became ill while in the service. Their needs always come first. Next are veterans who can't afford to pay for medical care on their own and veterans over age 65 or receiving VA pensions. Today, there are 168 hospitals in the VA system. Some have live-in units, allowing veterans to come and go as they please. The VA sometimes makes arrangements with nursing homes for patient care outside the hospital. And VA outpatient clinics provide a full range of services from general medical treatment to dental care or to drug clinics. She was tall, ice blonde, and wearing a hands-off sign hung on her by the great Earl Janeth. If I'd been smart, I'd have given her a wide berth. But then if I'd been smart, I'd be the head of an international publications conglomerate and Earl Janet would be working for me. And I'm not so smart. I returned her cool nod and I filed away for future reference the invitation in her eyes. And it all led to murder. 
with me caught in a web, trapped, running for my life. I first saw Pauline Dulles at one of those parties Earl Janet liked to give in his minor palace in the East 60s to impress investors and moguls and to keep reminding his staff how lowly they really were. My wife was at my elbow, dazzling a group with quick conversational footwork. Sorry we're so late. We couldn't get away from President McKinley. <laughs> Twenty-fourth president at the bar of the Silver Lining. Well, that is tonight. He was McKinley. Sometimes he is Justice Holmes, Thomas Edison. He has an earthly alias, but I've forgotten it. When he's very drunk, he's Abe Lincoln, and he frees the slaves. She's some lady, my wife. You'd think with a magnet like that, a man would stay put. But there was another, more powerful force in that room. I tried not to look at Pauline Dulles, but I could sense everywhere she was. A hundred or more people drifted in and out, old wine and new bottles, old conversation and changing faces. When it was time to make the last train home, Earl Janeth emerged from somewhere, and Georgette and I said our goodbyes. Well, glad you could come, Stroud. I'm delighted to see you, Mrs. Stroud. You, uh, you should always wear a polka dot. I'll go home and put spots on everything, like a Dalmatian. Oh, no, 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 more like a uh, pinto pony. <laughs> Watch out for your boss, George. He's turning my head again. My pleasure. Believe me, dear lady, my pleasure. Well, uh, good night. Good night. Oh, uh, too bad you were late, Stroud. You missed Major Conklin. He likes what we've been doing recently with crime waves, and I told him that uh, you're the moving force there. He was quite complimentary. Oh, sorry to missed him. Oh, that string of graveyard magazines he just absorbed. He wants to write debate them, but I explained to him I didn't think a man, you know, of your precision mentality could advise him. He needs a geomancer. It's uh, been a pleasant evening, Mr. Janet. Well, it has, it has. Good night. Like a whip, Janet turned and left. We were dismissed. Well, let's grab this cab. Grand Central. Well, did you think so, George? I had fun. Hmm. You don't really like working for Janet, do you? Hmm. I don't believe in forcing square pegs into round holes. Neither do you cost is too high. I mean, well, sometimes it seems to me we were much happier when we had the roadhouse, weren't we? For that matter, it was fun when you were a racetrack detective. Even the all-night broadcasting job. It was crazy, but I liked it. I'm executive editor for Crimeways magazine, and we're halfway to a down payment on that piece of land you'd like. Now, your lipstick's all worn off. Then you might as well kiss me. George, what's a geomancer? Oh, I don't know. Georgie Janet got it out of the fattest dictionary printed. He wrote it on his cuff, and now the rest of us know why he's a boss. Yeah, remind me to look the word up. I would look it up and drop it into my conversation sometime, but it wouldn't satisfy because he'd had it first, as he had everything. My wife's head on my shoulder, and still I... I couldn't get Pauline Dulles out of my mind. Was it only because I wanted to take something away from him? The question was put aside by the big clock. Time. Pressing. And you're the mouse, scurrying around and across the intricate wheels and balances. Cobweb mazes. False exits. 
Dangerous blind alleys and steep runways. Natural traps and artificial baits. Money for the true opening. A real prize. And the clock strikes and it's too late. And you're a prisoner again. Locked up nine to five. And now I am looking in the mirror at a half-shaved face, practicing what I'd like to say to Earl Janeth. Look here, Janet. We really got to do something about getting me more money. Well, I thought, George, that you went over this whole thing with Steve Hagen months yeah. ago. He said to talk to you. You said to talk to him. Yes, you and Steve settled it, right? How'd you like it if I took something away from you, huh? Something priceless, something exquisite, something you bought and paid for. George, honey, come down. Your waffle's getting cold. Janet Enterprises. 29 floors of publication, syndication, circulation. Stop by any corner newsstand for the full smorgasbord. Weekly, monthly, quarterly. We put them all out. Newsways Magazine, Commerce, Sportland, Plastic Tomorrow, Personalities, The Sexes, Future Ways. 26th floor, Crime Ways. That's me. In theory, we're the nation's police blotter. In practice, we're one of the biggest circulations of Janus Empire because everybody's fascinated with crime which is what my associate editor, Roy Cordette, and staff were discussing when I got in that morning. Dozens of people are murdered every day. A little criminal. Uh, good morning, George. Good morning, Roy. Leon. Good morning. Good morning, Ed. George, we're talking about the mass murder outside of Reading. Mm. I tell him we ought to run that story. It'll sell six million copies. Yes, Leon, but is it for crime way? Yes. Hours piled on top of each other while we juggle stories of murder, rape, robbery, analyzing what sells, what doesn't. Sociological research, parole board reports, decisions of the Supreme Court, interspersed with fights with our budget department and a temperamental photographer. It's quarter after six when I escape my desk after the inevitable phone call home that I'd be late for dinner. The babysitter informed me that my wife had gone to her sister's in Trenton on some emergency and might not be home till morning. So there I was. At about 6.30, I walked into the silver lining, sat at the bar alone, studying my face in the mirror, replaying my imaginary conversation with Janet about a raise. He still said no. I told him where he could go, and I had another double shot. I must run, darling. You coming? No, uh, not yet. Well, it's lovely seeing you. Enjoy the drink. Bye. I didn't have to turn. The mirror gave me the picture. Two expensive, chic women. One brunette, one blonde. The brunette gathered up packages from Saks and Bonwitz and left to brighten someone's evening. The blonde stayed. She smiled at me. Pauline Dulles. Hello. Oh, hello there. Join me? Oh. Why not? You remember me, don't you? Vividly. I remember you. You're a friend of President McKinley, and this is where you met him, right? Is he here tonight? Well, his real name's Clyde something. No, he's not here tonight in any of his disguises. Oh, that's too bad. I was looking forward to it. Well, you don't want to go out with McKinley. He was assassinated. Safer going out with me. I wasn't worrying about being safe. You've come to the right place. Yeah, three margaritas. Was it four? Pushed our Mexican food around our plates. She made a phone call to clear her calendar. I finished a drink I seemed to have in my hand, and I too made a phone call to the understanding manager of the Lexington Plaza, who just happened to have an unobtrusive room for us. We walked to the hotel. I knew I should turn back, but 
I couldn't. I'd stepped off the deep end. The accusation is entirely false. I've been treated unfairly. My reputation in the community has been hurt, and my husband and children are very upset. I don't appreciate being arrested and being accused of driving under the influence of drugs. It makes me sound like some sort of hippie. Oh, that's terrible. The fact is that I've been having these tension headaches, and the doctor prescribed something for them. He said that I shouldn't drive when I take the pills, but I, I was just going to the supermarket, and I hit another car. Accidents happen. You don't have to be a drug addict to make a misjudgment. I'm sorry if the people in the other car were hurt, but I was hurt, too. To take a pill for a headache and be arrested for driving while under the influence of drugs? I, I, I just don't do things like that. I'm a respectable woman. This message was brought to you by the General Motors Corporation. We'll return to our story in a moment. You're 17, 18. You've graduated from high school. You want to make something of yourself. But you don't have that something to make it with, like money for four years of college. What do you do? Well, you don't need four years of college to get a good job. Today, there's a crying need for technicians in exciting fields like oceanography, electronic data processing, health service, environmental control, forestry, and many others. Technicians earn twice the salary of the average high school graduate. Some even make more than four-year college graduates. All you need is a year or two of technical training. To learn how you can become a technician, send for our free booklet. It's called 25 Technical Careers. Write Careers, Washington, D.C., 20202. If you can't afford four years of college, write Careers, Washington, D.C., 20202, and make something of yourself. sorted out the message. Hello? I'm sorry, sir, but you don't have a reservation for today. My eyes focusing now, but barely. Showed me an impersonal hotel room, two glasses, an empty scotch bottle, my clothes, and me. There's another party checking in. The hotel is filled, otherwise we wouldn't disturb you, sir. Her perfume was there, but she was gone. Checkout time is noon. And what time's it now? 1.30. In the p.m.? I developed skill at lying those next weeks, and I stayed in town more and more. There was a sense of adventure, finding different temporary abodes. Once we spent a weekend as far away as Albany, when my wife and daughter were away and Janet was in Washington. It got to be a game, thinking up different names for the register. I'm sorry, sir, your handwriting. How do you pronounce it? Uh, Phelps Guillon, Mr. and Mrs. Andrew Phelps Guillon. Yes, sir. I hope you enjoy your stay in Albany. The Phelps Guillaume enjoyed every moment of it. George, George, George. Mrs. Phelps Guillaume, you are the last, final, beautiful, ultimate enigma. And I thought it was your art collection that you cared about. No, no collection. 
I do have quite a few Pattersons. I never heard of him. Her, her Louise Patterson. You know what you are? Ignorant. Ignorant and beautiful and threatening and destructive. You're a dangerous man, George Stroud. Me? <laughs> Kittens get belligerent when they see me coming. They sharpen their claws. It is dangerous to know you. Quit thinking about Janeth. There's nothing to be afraid of. He doesn't own you. He doesn't own me. Now drop Janeth. Those moments came up and passed. Like the night and the morning and the long drive back to the city. And the constant, insistent pull of the big clock saying the interlude's over. I couldn't let her go. Not quite yet. We walked, reluctant for our time together to end. Window shopping antique stores. Some still open, hoping for a last minute sale of a night crawler. It was in the window of a cluttered corner shop that I saw the painting. Just two hands, one receiving a coin from the other. Unframed, dust covered, curled at the edges, but unmistakably a Patterson. I was inside, Pauline trailing as the shopkeeper lifted the musty canvas out of the window and handed it to a big, sloppily dressed monolith of a woman with a voice that could cut steel and a face to match. Ha! It's in rotten condition. Not worth much. What do you want for it? I don't know. Make me an offer. Fifteen, twenty? Twenty? There's not a quarter's worth of paint on this crummy thing. I'll give you five. Take it and be grateful. Five. Fifty dollars. Hey, I'm buying this picture. Get your hands off it. Who do you think you are just because you got money? Lousy painting. Nothing but a couple of hands. Not worth fifty. I've made my bid fifty. Can you match it? obvious she didn't have the money and I couldn't have cared less. The shopkeeper was licking his lips for the 50. The last Patterson I bought cost me $900 and it was considered a bargain. I paid him in cash. Pauline thought I was crazy. At the cocktail lounge of the Van Barth, we stopped for a nightcap and we argued about the value of the painting. Even in the dim candlelit saloon, I could tell my 50 was a good investment. The hands of Judas. No, no, the temptation of Judas, that's what we'll call it. Yeah, but Judas got 30 coins. Just the same. It's Judas, 30 coins or one. Oh, okay, the temptation of Judas. Shall we, uh, shall we drink to that? Oh, I'm sorry, George. The dedication was delayed. Pauline's drink was all over the table. I rescued her with my handkerchief, then I called the waiter to clean up. We moved to the bar, we drank to the temptation of Judas... And we left. It was just past 10 when we came out of the Van Barth. I drove the few blocks to 58 East, Pauline's apartment. As usual, I parked well away from the entrance. And as always, when I brought her home, I felt uneasy at the risk we were running. I got out of the car. I handed her the small overnight bag she'd taken to Albany. It was all beautiful, George. Beautiful. She kissed me and hurried away. Beyond her retreating figure, I vaguely noticed a limousine pulling at the curb opposite the building's entrance. There was something familiar about the posture of the man who got out of it. He put his head back into the car to issue instructions to a chauffeur who drove away. Then he turned for a moment in my direction. In the light that fell on his face, I saw that it was Earl Janeth. He looked directly toward me and followed Pauline into the building. I didn't move. I stayed hard-pressed back into the shadows. My job, my future, my family, all up for grabs. If he had recognized me.
many stations can you button down on your car radio right now? Five? Would you settle for ten? Order most any new Chevrolet, Pontiac, Buick, Oldsmobile, or Cadillac with a Delco AM-FM stereo system. And you can preset 5 AM and 5 FM stations. That's ten stations you can button down instantly. Ten from Delco. Delco Electronics is the sound of General Motors. This guitar is part of my life. The way lots of beautiful things are. Like men. I mean, see the way my mind works? Music and good-looking guys. But those men better smell good-looking, too. I like them best when they wear English leather. English leather is like a beautiful folk song to me. Fresh and natural. So all my men wear English leather. Or they wear nothing at all. You'll find a large selection of English leather Christmas gift sets in fine stores everywhere. The Zero Hour continues after this. I was in South Korea with the Peace Corps, and we were the first rural health program in Korea. Uh, what a lot of us did was to go around and check to see if there was a TB patient in the house. A lot of these people had never, ever had any kind of medical attention at all. I, I, I remember um, one case... She was in pain. She was in real pain. And the doctor examined her and became very concerned. And he told us later that had she not come in, she would have died. I was very, very proud. You know, but um, you, you've probably heard this, and you'll hear it again and again from volunteers. The volunteer himself gets more out of it than he actually gives to, to the people who's supposed to be helping. Volunteer for the Peace Corps. The Peace Corps is one part of action. Action is doing something. There is something you can do. the door to the building closed behind them. Corrine! Had he seen me, recognized me? Would she tell him about me? Corrine! Oh, Earl! Now, look, you saw me. Why are you pretending you didn't see me? Earl, dear, don't be cross. It's oh. late. All right, dear, I'll ring the elevator. You don't have to do it for yourself. The doorman's never around. I've learned to do these little things. Yes, uh, your overnight bag. Shouldn't he have brought it in if he were any kind of a gentleman? Did you have a nice trip, Earl? I didn't care about Washington. And you, did you uh, have a pleasant weekend? It was marvelous. I went riding and swimming. I read a grand book, and I met some of the most interesting brand new people. Was he one of them? One of whom? Oh, you mean the brand new people? Yes. Uh, what did you do together? Darling, please, let me get inside and get my shoes off. Make yourself a drink. Where did you go with them? Tonight? Well, first we went to a terrible place on 3rd Avenue by the name of Gills. You'd love it. Yeah. Kind of a combination archaeology foundation and saloon. <laughs> it's really weird. After that, we walked up and down the street shopping for antiques. Antiques? Mm-hmm. Finally, we bought a painting. At least he did. In a shop about three blocks from here. It was an awful old thing. Looked like it had just come out of a dustbin. He practically kidnapped it from another customer. Some woman who bid for it, too. Nothing but a couple of hands by an artist named Patterson. A couple of what? Hands, darling, just hands. A picture about Judas. <laughs> After that, we went to the Van Barth and had a few drinks, and he brought me home. That's where you came in. Satisfied? Uh, just now, it's 
seems it would take more like a weekend than an evening. We move fast. Well, uh, who is this fast-moving, brand-new person? He's in advertising. Name's George Chester. Oh? Drink your brandy. Oh, thank you. Well, at least this time it's a man. Just what do you mean by that? You know what I mean. Are you bringing up that thing again, throwing Alice in my face? You never forget Alice, do you? Do you? Why, you damn mean imitation Napoleon. You're a fine one to talk. That's price. Yes? How about you and Steve Hagen? What about me and Steve Hagen? Every time I see you two together. Steve and me? As if you didn't know. You say this about Steve? The finest man that ever lives. And me? Are you so dumb you lived this long without even knowing you it? You have no right to say that things about Steve. Don't put that down. Don't. Oh, God, oh, please, don't. No. Saturday night. I didn't hear about her murder until I read Monday morning's newspaper. For her, it was over. For me, it was just beginning. I didn't know what hell was about. But I was to find out. You are listening to Mutual's presentation of The Zero Hour. fighting machine in America is right at your fingertips. And that means pointing out pollution whenever and wherever you see it. Like that smokestack you pass every morning that's always spewing smoke into the air. Don't close your eyes to it. Take a stand. Point it out to someone who can do something about it. It'll make you feel a little better and America look a little cleaner. People start pollution. People can stop it. This message brought to you on behalf of Keep America Beautiful and the Advertising Council. Even if someone served them a slice of beef, they couldn't bite into it. Their teeth are too weak. I'm not talking about some people of in Africa or Asia. I'm talking about Americans, American children. It's tragic how many thousands of them are in this country whose teeth will literally rot in their mouths because they'll never receive basic dental care. They may not even own a toothbrush. What hurts is that it takes so very little for any one of us to help them. The same dollar, for instance, that buys you two packs of cigarettes can buy three American children the first toothbrushes they've ever owned. I'm Cliff Robertson. Won't you give up some cigarettes so some American children can have their first toothbrush? Send your dollar to Americans for Children's Relief, Box 5050, Stamford, Connecticut. Box 5050, Stamford, Connecticut. One dollar. And, of course, if you can afford more, give more. Tomorrow at this time, rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense. Desperate Witness. I'm Rod Serling. 
have been listening to The Zero Hour, a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System in association with Hollywood Radio Theater. Heard every weekday at this time. Rod Serling is your host. Zero Hour is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. The Hollywood Radio Theater theme was played by Ferranti and Teicher and is now available on United Artists Records and Tapes. Hugh Douglas speaking. Tune in tomorrow and once again, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero Hour. The Zero Hour brought to you in part by General Motors, Delco, and MEM. This has been The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. <laughs>